ladies and gentlemen, consider the inane border and immigration policies we have, pipeline policies, leaving Afghan in a hurry policies, any national policies, and then compare them to the, to the dysfunctional policies so common in our schools. Do we see any parallels? Remember the first day of summer, 2020? The arson, comma, the looting, the willful anarchy and destruction. What sort of political party would encourage stuff like that? I think you have to allow for the twisted thinking of twisted sisters. No sensible people want to have a border with millions of people, many of them children, wandering in and out. And nobody seems to consider or care or feel guilt that many unattended minors will end up being abused by pedophiles. Frankly, I worry that's part of the plan. Now, while Fauci warned about containing the virus, he and Biden did everything to increase the influx of sick people with new diseases and medical problems. That's insane. Now, what would be the parallels to those in the schools? How about anti-reading? anti-math, anti-knowledge, anti-everything that normal people once thought schools should do. Now look at the history of the communist and socialist parties for more than a, one and a half centuries and you will see a constant use of the word anarchy. What are they telling the world with that word? They're saying they want everything to be the exact opposite of what most people want. We need some neo-Orwellian neo language hasn't been invented yet. One word, no hyphens. Non-peace, non-prosperity, non-education, non-freedom. Specifically, I'm very fond of non-education. One word, five syllables, which tells you everything you can stand to know about what's going on inside K-12 schools. Non-education. Now, anarchy if this word has a valid use, is when you have a government that's tro totally oppressive and dictatorial, then everyone, it could be argued, must rebel in any way possible. Hooray for anarchy. But that extreme situation is not at all like what we have in American society, where people are, for the most part, free to pursue their plans and dreams. What is the gain for average citizens from burning down buildings, smashing windows, robbing and destroying? and then rigging the arrest procedures to make sure these hooligans quickly return to the streets. Thank you, George Soros. My impression is the Democrats are desperate. They will try anything that will unsettle society and maybe create an opening they can exploit for political gains, electoral victories, or whatever. Now this de desperation extends into our schools where dumbing down children would not seem to lead to anything useful. But the Democrats have clearly gone all in on dumb. If they can create that and enough chaos, they think they can get somewhere useful. I don't think the Democrats have thought this through thoroughly or intelligently. The point is they are playing on the edge. The whole Russian collusion thing was playing on the edge. Exploiting a seasonal flu and making it the end of the world. That was a desperate ploy. Now probably Fauci is one of the most distrusted people in the country, a title he deserves. The point of this little speech is that ordinary people do not know anything about playing on the edge. 
they normally live in a prudent, reasonably smart way. They're not betting the house in Atlantic City. They're not lying all the time to relatives in order to scrape up a few more dollars to go back to Atlantic City and lose it all. The Democrats think they can make a million at the craps table. They are reckless people. I urge everyone to look more closely and cynically at what these desperate people are doing. Look at the patterns all around you. We have millions of children who have never learned to read. We have a vast ignorance even at the college level where students can rarely tell where major countries are on the globe. The schools are so completely given over to fluff, the psychological stuff, the social engineering, the triumph of jargon over common sense commons. There's just not a lot of room left for anything else. And the kids are miserable. Doesn't that give away the game? If the kids had any fun, they might learn something. Clearly, our education establishment will not tolerate that. If you see somebody hunched over at a blackjack table looking for a drink, looking for a lucky card, looking around for salvation from the mess they're in, that's a Democrat playing the games they play. But they're not playing with their money. They're playing with your children, your society, and your future. Now, I remember urging in an earlier piece not to go easy on these people, not to be so agreeable. Play hard to get. These people are not your friends. Thank you. Overview. Let's Fix Education explores seven of my favorite themes. First, this podcast is a meditation on what I call the K-12 crime scene. So many destructive ideas. Understanding them is the key to fixing them. Two, by doing that we will have better schools at less cost. Three, nothing much changes decade to decade decade. The big questions of the 1930s were the big questions of the 1960s and the 1990s. Any subject we discuss can easily intersect with any other subject. Most people instinctively want traditional education, but the education establishment fills classrooms with progressive gimmicks. The result is that we have a standoff, and that's why you run into the same ideas over and over. Four, the big brains in education keep t telling students, don't bother memorizing this or that. You can look it up later. B.B. King, comma, the great guitarist, is much smarter. He said, the beautiful thing about learning is nobody can take it away from you. Five, Lenin's ghost wanders through our school system. The hard left thinks big. If they have to kill millions of people to build their perfect society, that's okay. Same goes for dumbing down millions of students. Totalitarians want power. They will do anything to get it. Six, if we are going to survive, we have to take each child to his or her limit. As it is, we are creating millions of sub-educated students from K right through college. Seven, analyzing education, especially dysfunctional education, is a lot more intellectually interesting than most people suppose. You'll enjoy this. 
Finally, P.S. My book, Saving K-12, runs parallel to everything discussed on this podcast. I also have an education site, improve-education.org, with 70 articles that complement everything discussed here. And I have hundreds of articles on the Internet. Enter a topic in Google with my full name, Bruce Dietrich Price, and let Google make suggestions. Thank you for visiting.